everyone, I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. And I'm Lacey. And, and we're, we're sarcastic, sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. I'm going to tell you guys about the Easter Sunday massacre to celebrate Easter. And Christ rising. Yeah, but I'm going to talk about the massacre. That's what Easter's about, right? Okay. Anyway. And the massacre. Thank you. So the Easter Sunday massacre. Which came first? Probably Christ. Because they were already celebrating Easter when this happened. (laughs) So Easter was already a thing. Oh, okay. Okay. So, James Urban Rupert was born March 29th, 1934, to Leonard and Charity Rupert. Now, Charity, his mom, didn't like her name, so she went by Billy. Don't look at my notes. It's a very interesting nickname. She went by Billy? Yeah, well, yeah. Like, um, who's that tennis player? Billy in the Bowl? No, like, who's the... Who's uh, Billie Jean? Who's not my lover. <laughs> the tennis player. Didn't she, like, start, like, a whole thing because she challenged the world's greatest tennis player? And he was like, no woman can beat me. Oh, I, I know that story. I just didn't know who it was. And the only names I know Billie Jean is King. Because... King. King. Billie Jean King. Anyway. Okay. James was their second child and second boy. So they only had two kids. It was James and his older brother, Leonard Jr. Um, They were only a year and a half apart in age. He was reported to have had a troubled life. His mother basically told him that she didn't want him. Charity, or Billy, told him that she would have preferred a daughter as her second kid. Billy's kind of a bitch. Yeah, she's a victim, though, so settle down. Leonard, and also, for the record, I think all of this is reported from James, so take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. Okay. I assume James is going to be, like... He's the bad guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Leonard, his father, the OG Leonard, had a violent temper and held little affection for his two sons. Leonard died in 1947 when the boys were 12 and 14. My dad was born in 1947. Is your was your dad yeah. the recreation of Leonard? Probably I not. Because of the violent I mean, so temper. Yeah. I think yeah. So after Leonard's death, Leonard Jr. became the father figure and began picking on James, calling him a weakling. At age sixteen, James ran away from home and attempted suicide by hanging himself with a sheet. He was unsuccessful, so he just went home. You know he he was a bad guy so oh as an adult james was described as being modest bookish and helpful and was unremarkable and quiet <laughs> he was unremarkable yeah it's yeah, a really nice way of putting it right he's really unremarkable he worked here but like can't remember he was unremarkable not a thing he had no police record up until the matter yeah so, by 1975, Leonard Jr. had earned a degree in electrical engineering, had a successful career as a GE engineer, so the company GE, 
owned his own home in Fairfield, and had eight children with his wife. Her name was tired. Her name was <laughs> Alma, and she was actually one of James's ex-girlfriends. Leonard Jr. and Alma had, in order from oldest to youngest, Leonard III, Michael, Thomas, Carol, Anne Dolores, David, Teresa, and John. Okay. So a lot of basic names. Well, it was the 70s. Okay. <laughs> also, only two girls. Or three girls. Three girls, five boys. I mean, I apologize for anyone whose name was mentioned. It's not basic. It's beautiful. Yeah, like our dad's name, name our grandfather's <laughs> name. Names our, both of our grandfather's names, Thomas and John. Hmm. Our Aunt Carol. I said what I said. <laughs> our dad, Michael. Nice. Well, no, I'm standing by my first name, but I'm apologizing. For I like it. the name David. Anyway. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Ew, David. You. Yeah. In contrast, James had dropped out of college after two years, trained as a draftsman, but was unemployed, unmarried, and still lived with his mother at her home. You know, that's fine. People so, achieve different things at different times. Yeah. Okay. I mean,. In 75, he was in his 40s, so I don't know how... Maybe he loved his mom. Maybe she needed him. Well, I'll just leave that there. Billy Rupert had lived in her home for at least 20 years, according to a neighbor. The house was a small two-story, two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, wood-frame house situated on a quiet, three-lined residential street in Hamilton, Ohio. Hamilton, Ohio was an industrial city in the southwestern part of the state. There are many rivers, streams, and lakes all over, creating a lovely natural beauty. Billy was getting tired of her 40-year-old bum of a son. Since he was incapable of holding down a job, was an alcoholic, and owed her and Leonard Jr. money. She had threatened to evict him on a number of occasions. So your theory that maybe she loved him and liked having him there was I didn't say she liked having him. I said maybe she needed him, but, you know... It was just a theory. Okay. A month before Easter in 1975, James began shopping for silencers for his weapons while purchasing ammo. Due to a deep depression, James was was nearing a breaking point, and his behavior was deteriorating. The silencers could have been for anything. True. Like, what if he was a hunter? He would sneak up on you. Exactly. For James's birthday in 1975, which was March 29th. He celebrated turning 41 by doing some target practice along the banks of the Great Miami River in Hamilton. He was witnessed shooting tin cans with his 22 pistol and 22 rifle. That night, he went out drinking, which was like a daily thing for him to do, so it wasn't like a special birthday thing. Alcoholism. Right. He went to the 19th Hotel Cocktail Lounge and told Wanda Bishop, an employee there, that he was getting frustrated with his mother and her nagging, as well as his impending eviction. This was a random person? Yeah, I feel like she was probably a bartender, and he was like, God, I'm getting so tired of my mom. You know how you I'm drink gonna, and you just yeah. convulse? I'm gonna, like, maybe this is just, like, from foreshadowing or something. Um, but I feel like his mom's gonna die. Why would you, like, it always baffles me when they talk about, like, their theory or their plan before they do it. I'm not sure if this was planned. You said he was drinking. 
this mm-hmm. night, right? So maybe he didn't mean to talk about it, but he's out drinking. He's angry. There's a person there. He has a captive audience in Wanda. It's just when, like, bad guys capture, like, the hero and then just say their entire plan just for them to have it ruined. Well, yeah, while they're talking, they're escaping. Anyway. He told Bishop, Wanda Bishop, that, quote, he needed to solve the problem. According to Wanda, Charity, his mother, mm-hmm. had complained that Rupert would, Rupert could afford to buy beer seven nights a week but couldn't afford to pay rent. Valid. Mm-hmm. He left the bar at 11 p.m. Before returning sometime later, Wanda asked if he had solved the problem, and he repl- replied, no, not yet. Huh. He then stayed till close at ele- um, at 2.30 a.m. So, Easter Sunday was on March 30th in 1975. The next day. Now, I always thought Easter was always in April. Mm-mm. She calendar? I don't have any... I, I know they have a system to figure it out. I don't know. I haven't. Do you want to know? Well, yeah. So, I did some research. Easter is sometimes in March and sometimes in April. In fact, Easter 2024 will be March 31st. But Easter 2025 will be April 20th. It is always observed on a Sunday between March 22nd and April 25th, according to the Catholic Church. It's different for the Eastern Orthodox Church. Easter Sunday always occurs on the first Sunday after the Paschal full moon, which is the full moon that occurs on or after the spring equinox. To simplify matters, the Christian Church says that the spring equinox is always March 21st. So it's the first full moon. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon after March 21st. March 21st. Uh, Sunday. Easter. Okay. Very uh, supernatural. <laughs> well, yeah, the string equinox and stuff. Very yeah. um, pagan. Pagan, yes. Yeah. So anyway, back to 1975. It is now Easter Sunday, March 30th. We are at Billy Rupert's home. Leonard Jr. and his wife, Alma, and their eight children arrive for Easter dinner at 635 Minor Avenue. Did you did you hear my address? It, it comes Avenue. back later. Six thirty five Minor Avenue. Thank you. Yes. James, being hungover, opted to stay upstairs sleeping. Everyone else had an Easter egg hunt out on the front lawn. Around six p.m., James emerged from his room with a loaded three fifty seven Magnum, two twenty two caliber handguns, and a rifle. James later told a psychiatrist that he intended to go to a shooting range. With four guns. Yes. On his way out, Leonard Jr. allegedly asked him about his car. Like, how's the Volkswagen? He said it like that. Well, that's that's how I assume James interpreted it, mm. based on what happens next. Okay. He, it could have just been like, hey, how's the, how's the car? Yeah. But I feel like James took it. Condescendingly. He took it as an insult or a, judge, a judgment from the engineer. Billy was prepping Sloppy Joe's in the kitchen, which I didn't know was a traditional Easter meal. And Leonard Jr. and Alma were hanging out with her. Most of the children were playing in the living room, um, like the conjoined living room. Yeah. So it was, there was actually five of the kids were in the living room, the three adults in the kitchen, and then three of the other children were in the kitchen too. James entered the kitchen and immediately shot Leonard Jr. in the head. Killing him immediately. Because he said that shit about his car. Yeah. James then shot Alma, killing her. He shot his mother in the chest and head as she lunged towards him. 
He okay. shot and killed Carol, David, and Teresa, who were the three kids in the kitchen, before he left the kitchen and went directly into the living room. There, he shot Leonard III, Michael, Thomas, Anne, and John. Other than Charity, the other ten victims had been shot in the head, then shot again to ensure death. The only sign of a struggle was an er- overturned trash can. So it was all fast. There wasn't yeah. for anybody. Yeah. No, but, like, n- there wasn't a fight. Yeah. He just boom, 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 and then went back again and made sure everybody was dead. Yeah. The massacre was over in less than two minutes. Yeah. James spent two to three hours in the home laying on the couch contemplating suicide before calling the police himself at around 9.30 p.m. He said that suicide was a mortal sin, and he didn't want that to be his last act. When police arrived... Yeah. That's not a mortal sin, though. He'd still make it into, like, heaven, probably. Anyway. Well, I think it was more that suicide would be his last act, whereas he now has the potential to redeem himself. I don't know how you come back from murdering 11. Okay. So when police arrived, James was found standing inside the doorway, having made no attempt to escape or flee. As they spoke to him, they noticed two bodies behind him in the living room, and that gave them probable cause to enter the residence. They found six bodies in the kitchen and five bodies in the living room, four on the floor, and one was on the couch. So Billy or Charity, was 65 at the time. Leonard Jr. was 42. Alma was 38. And their children were Leonard III was 17. Michael was 16. Thomas was either 14 or 15. Carol was 13. Anne was 12. David was 11. Teresa was 9. And John was 4. Following the massacre, people in town were shocked. Those who knew James didn't think he was capable of such violence. James was arrested and charged with 11 counts of aggravated homicide. Bond was set at $200,000. He refused to answer questions and was very uncooperative. He made it clear he intended to plead insanity. The county prosecutor viewed the crime scene and reported that there was so much blood, it was dripping through the floorboards into the basement. So, I actually have some photos that I want to show you. Family makes you that absolutely miserable so this this is like a map of where they found all the bodies and he shot he shot Leonard first yeah he started with the junior number six he started with number six so he he came down these stairs shot Leonard then Alma and then his mother it's number 10 and then he shot these the three kids in the kitchen before moving in and shooting these Gotcha. And there, we can even see the, is that the overturned base there? It was a trash can. Oh, that's what it was. One person on scene said that he kind of just like, it seemed like he was displaying the weapons afterwards. Mm -hmm. Then they were taking the bodies out. Neighbors like gathered and were like shocked as they were, because they didn't know. Nobody told them what happened. They just started bringing body after body out. So Rupert had, I, I couldn't find how many times he shot. Some place said 31, 35, 44 times. I don't know how many times he shot, but it was a lot. Um, one place said he shot 44 times, 40 of which struck a victim. Yeah. So, pretty good marksman, I would oh, say. Okay. Also, like, close range, so. Yeah. The coroner said that he believed that the victims were shot once to subdue them, then shot again to kill them. 
So, like, he just went by killing everybody, or shooting everybody, and then once everybody was down, he went by and well, finished if, them off. If that's the case, shouldn't there just be, like, 24 shots or something? Well, maybe he shot, like, for instance, like, his mom or his brother well, shot them more than, like, a few times because of, yeah. like, anger or something. Well, we know that he shot his mom twice yeah. because she was moving. And I feel like after maybe, I mean, after the first shot, I feel like people should start moving, but after once you've killed six people in the kitchen, the so kids the in the living room probably start moving around. Yeah. Okay. He came to that conclusion because he found it unlikely that 11 people would have been shot and killed unless they were held in some way and were in a pos- position where none of them could escape. Okay. All four weapons were recovered at the scene. No neighbors reported hearing any gunshots. No. And the other thing is, I think that they found the rifle was leaned up against the fridge, so he didn't use the rifle. Mm -hmm. He just, like, laid it there and then started shooting. The original trial was held in Hamilton in June of 1975, so three months later-ish. It worries me that you say original trial. James requested a trial by a panel of judges rather than a jury of his peers. He pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. At the trial, prosecutors claimed the killings were motivated by money. Billy and Bunner Jr.'s estates were worth an estimated $300,000. Today, because I did the conversion, that would be $1,668,234.20. So, basically, like, $1.7 million. They suggested that James would have gotten all the money himself had his plan come to fruition. Kill everyone else in the family, be found not guilty by reason of insanity, then getting cured within a few years and being released from the hospital. Then he could collect his money and go on with his life. It was such a long plan. Good work if you can get it. I mean, he's unemployed, so... Where? I, he's got no other income. I don't know where he's getting the money to buy beer every night. Two psychiatrists testified that James suffered from paranoia and delusions and was unable to control his actions at the time of the shooting. Two of the judges on the three-judge panel found James sane and guilty on 11 counts of aggravated murder. He was sentenced to life in prison on July 3rd. A mistrial was declared because, so I guess James had been told prior to the trial that the verdict had to be unanimous between the three judges and not majority rule, so they declared a mistrial because he had been misinformed. Oh. Okay. It was... Happens to that little shit. Yeah. It was also believed that he could not receive a fair trial in the city of Hamilton. Because of publicity and stuff, probably. Yeah. Yeah. They cared in this instance. So the second trial began in July of 1975 and was held in Findlay... Findlay? Findlay? Ohio, which was 125 miles north. This was after my case and yeah. the Supreme Court. Ruling. So they learned their lesson. They had to learn the lesson. Yeah. Prosecutors provided testimony from witnesses about the target practice, the silencer shopping, and the convo he had with Wanda Bishop at the bar. In July of 1975, James was convicted and sentenced to 11 consecutive life sentences. He appealed, and a new trial was granted in 1982. D.A. Hugh Hallbrock was convinced of his client's insanity. He personally hired multiple psychiatrists and psychologists to evaluate James. 
On July 23, 1982, another three-judge panel found Rupert guilty on two counts of first-degree murder and the killing of his brother and mother, and found him not guilty of the other nine murders by reason of insanity. So, they found... I just got another question. Hold on. They found that James had premeditated the murder of his mother and brother, but then had temporary insanity and killed the remaining nine members of his family. So, his plan was to kill mom and bro, but then once the killing started, he went black. Or he was like, oh, crap. He saw red Did and just started killing kill everybody. Him in front of another nine people? We still get away with it? You did seem like a stupid freaking plan. Uh, I really, honestly, guys, I don't think it mattered. He was sentenced to two life sentences. Yeah, okay, but... My question is, did you... What was, like, the uh, reason for his appeal? Why was it granted so he could get a new trial? Did you, like, look see that anywhere? Just because it's, like... What why? was the... Like, it's so many trials. Like, no. why does well, it keep getting, I like, think since the first trial was a mistrial, it doesn't really count... Yeah, no, that, like that, and that's fine. But, and, but so like, there were like three trials in total. The first one was a mistrial because of mis- misinformation or miscommunication. The second one, he was sentenced. They helped, like they upheld the ruling of the first one. But you need like a reason. I to feel. Appeal. I feel like, like it was like he's truly insane. Let's can we reevaluate? Okay. I mean, his his attorney truly believed that he was psychotic. Um, Is he just saying that, or like? I mean, he seemed really. He paid for multiple doctors to evaluate him out of pocket. Anyway, so two counts of murder in the first degree, nine not guilty for reason of insanity. Um, James was sentenced to two life sentences, one for each count, to be served consecutively. He could not have been sentenced to death because at the time of the murders, capital punishment had been suspended in the U.S. So capital punishment was sus- ca- so capital punishment was suspended ni- from 1972 to 1976. So even though the final sentencing was um, awarded in 1982, the crime was committed in 1975. Okay. So that's yeah. the time period. Yeah, I didn't know it was ever suspended. That's cool. Yeah, I think they've been oh. kind of back and forth between them. Yeah, oh, cool, but interesting. So, on July 30th, 1982, James was incarcerated with the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction at the age of 48. On June 1995, in June of 1995, Rupert was granted a hearing before the State Parole Board at the age of 61. He was denied. In 2005, um, he had another hearing. So, I think every 10 years he gets a chance for parole. Mm -hmm. He had another hearing before the parole board at the age of 71. That, too, was denied. However, in April 2015, when he was 81, he had another hearing before the parole board. And that one was also denied. Um, I like he did that. Yeah, I faked out. Yeah. Because at one point I was like, he's 81. Like, what can he do? Yeah. Like, if he was so, well, sometimes they're like, they take pity on the elderly and they're just like, mm-hmm. get, get out of here. here. You crazy kid. <laughs> After the final hearing, the parole board released a statement basically saying that he's not doing anything to prove that he's ready to rejoin society, he hadn't completed any recommended programming, and he didn't appear to be willing to do so. He also had negative institutional conduct, 
Plus, there were strong community objections to his release. Sure. So he was kind of just like doing the bare minimum in prison, not showing that he was like willing well, to improve himself. Over years to pretend like he was doing trying, yeah, do a program or something, and he was and, like, "I'm just gonna keep having my hearing." Yeah, and also the community was like, "Don't let him out." Yeah. So his next parole consideration hearing was scheduled for 2025. However, on June 4th, 2022, James died of natural causes in prison at the age of 88. Alma's mother, because remember she, uh, oh, her yeah, daughter and eight, eight grandkids. grandchildren. Yeah. Ed, um, Alma's mother, Edna Algier. Blamed Rupert for 13 murders rather than 11. Three years after the killings, Alma's father shot himself in the head at 4 a.m. on Easter Day. Yeah. Also, a juror juror during the 1982 trial collapsed from a heart attack and died during the trial. Edna said those pictures must have got to him. I'm willing willing to put it on. That's a little reaching. Yeah. I think Edna's probably just really doesn't like James. For good reason. Yeah. Well, you don't know that she lost everybody. She could have had other kids. I don't know much. I didn't look into Alma. Um, Edna believed that James was jealous of his brother. I feel like for good reason. He married James's ex-girlfriend and has this big, beautiful life. And, Whereas yeah. James is living with his mom, unemployed. Nagging mom. Yeah. All 11 victims were buried in Arlington Memorial Gardens in Cincinnati. A year after the massacre, the house was open to the public and all the contents were auctioned off. It was then cleaned, recarpeted, and rented out to a family new to the area. <laughs> the yeah. members of the family were unaware of what had occurred in the house a year prior. The family claimed later that they were hearing voices and other inexplicable noises, causing them to leave the house. In 2008, Cinnamon Baker. That's her name. Is that her name? Please tell me she was like a chef or something. I don't know, but she should have been. Was closing on the house when it was brought to her attention. Interestingly, 20 years after the Rupert family murders, across the street at 622 Minor Avenue, there was another murder and that'll be the next episode that i tell you about her name was tina mott she was murdered and dismembered in 1996 i was here it was minor avenue not a great yeah it seems to be a rough didn't you describe it as like yeah it's a very beautiful neighborhood you know still waters and all that shit okay that's it i'm living in a swamp i think it's just something in the vibe on that street, or maybe like one of the ghosts. We'll talk about it when we talk about you. Okay. Mm. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Well, that was sinister. And we were sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening. Follow our Instagram at sinister underscore and underscore sarcastic for show updates. And we also post each episode with some photos. We are always looking for new, interesting show ideas, so if you have any folklore, true crime, or mysterious cases for us to cover, please feel free to DM us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying the show and want to purchase some merch to show your support, you can find a link on our Instagram.